0: Welcome to the Mama Matters podcast. Whether you're expecting, you've recently given birth, or you're just starting along your fertility journey, it's time to get down to the nitty-gritty and sort back from fiction. I'm your host, Rosie Dumbrell, physiotherapist and pregnancy expert. Mama Matters aims to provide an easily digestible, up-to-date and evidence-based approach to pregnancy, birth, and motherhood, with a side dose of humor along the way. Interviews from the industry's leading experts and experience of my own adventures as a mother to three gorgeous boys under four. I want to share the stuff that helps to grow confidence throughout motherhood. Mama Matters is a podcast by Lenny Rose Active and this is what you can expect to hear in upcoming episodes. It's the best thing that you can do for you and your baby is to really practice the art of being able to stay deeply relaxed and unbothered as the sensations in your body start to increase. Hi ladies, welcome. Welcome to episode 60. I am a little bit late uh, releasing this week because I lost my voice and a number of things, mum life a little bit as well. Um, But nevertheless, we have a couple of episodes coming out in the next two weeks around labour. So I wanted to go into detail about what to expect in labour, the three stages of labour, the early signs of of labor, I think it's one of the most Googled um, things in pregnancy is am I in labor yet, uh, signs of early labor, things like that. And even, you know, going into pregnancy and labor the fourth time around, I was still up Googling that in the middle of the night. I had a couple of false starts and, you know, I think sometimes uh, Google is great, but other times it can also lead us, down, lead us down a rabbit warren of information that's irrelevant. We tend to end up on forums and one of the big reasons for starting this podcast is to save you from that. (laughs) So I've collated the information and popped in a lot of my own experience as well in today's episode to really help you to move away from doing the dreaded Google at (laughs) 3am. Oh dear, do stay away from pregnancy forums, please. (laughs) So today's episode is all about the first stage of labour, which is the sort of when you first uh, feel the signs of labour in that sort of pre-labour period before before you actually start to push. So stage one is uh, yeah, considered that sort of, you know, the labouring when you're going through surges and contractions. And stage two is considered the pushing or the active phase of labour. And then the third stage of labour is sort of after when the placenta is born or delivered so today we're really really focusing on uh, the first stage and all the bits and bobs you need to know about that so the first stage begins when the cervix starts to soften and to open in the very early stages of labor and your cervix softens and it becomes quite thin and this can go on for hours maybe days even and uh, this during this early stage you might feel not much at all and then slowly you might start to feel some discomfort but there's no real pattern and the contractions or surges or uh, I like to just call it the intensity uh, is irregular you know it might be a little bit like am I in labour am I not Uh, but you know there are some key signs that may indicate that labour is quite imminent and uh, a big one is the uh, loss of the mucus plug which can be blood stained or sort of more just a sort of mucusy discharge called a show. You might start to experience low back pain, Uh, you might start to experience period-like pain that comes and goes and slowly builds in intensity. You might experience loose bowel motions and this is certainly true for me, it might be TMI sorry but my absolute worst fear in labour was uh, pooing, <laughs> not being able to control my bowel movements. So I've usually done a suppository beforehand, empty out my bowels, <laughs> but definitely something you discuss with your healthcare provider before trying though, ladies. With Leo, I was in the toilet pretty much the entire labour with loose bowels <laughs> and at the start of labour with pee up my latest birth. So, you know, that's really an indicator to me, you know, with uh, a couple of other things going on that yeah things are really happening. So definitely the, the the loss of the mucus plug and um and the sort of intensity or the surges that are coming and going, but starting to get more intense and more regular. Now in terms of your waters breaking. <laughs> This is something that you see on the media, you know, Hollywood movies show this intense gush a huge amount of fluid or waters and, you know, then a woman rushing and panicking to get to to hospital. And, you know, really what we know is that this only happens in about 10% of women that their waters break at the beginning of labour and it's not what the reality will be for most women. (laughs) And I think it just reiterates how, you know, We just have to not buy into how birth is portrayed in the media. And, you know, the water's breaking is one example, but um, obviously it does happen in some women in this fashion and it will break along the course of labour or delivery at some point or be broken by your healthcare professionals. But, um, you know, it is only that 10% of women who will have uh, uh, that sort of breaking at the beginning of labour. And, you know, the other way that I feel like birth is terribly portrayed in movies is, you know, women up in stirrups on the hospital bed, purple pushing, and, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. And, again, there's another really big driving factor for me starting this podcast is just to educate women on what the possibilities are and how to take birth into their own hands. So, yes, your waters may break or they may not. Uh, For me, they have, you know, broken right at the sort of uh, pushing phase, so not in first stage, in second stage, just before baby's head popped out. That's happened all four times for me. Sometimes your waters will be broken manually by uh, your healthcare provider to help get um, labour going if it's too slow or if they're wanting to bring labour on for a certain reason. The term waters breaking really is the breaking of the amniotic sac which surrounds the baby. Uh, and contains amniotic fluid. and then when this sac is broken, whether naturally or um, whether it's sort of something that's done uh, artificially by your health professional, then the amniotic fluid is released. If you do think that your waters are broken spontaneously, it's advised to speak to your care provider. They usually want antibiotics administered within the first twenty four hours, yeah, if you haven't you know gone into full swing with labor. And to see that the progression of labour is starting to begin uh, within this period, so as to ensure Bub safety, there's a test you can do called AmnioSure um, and it's available from your midwife or your obstetric clinic and it will be able to test if you've had some leakage and you're not sure if it's urine or if it's your waters breaking, uh, then, you know, this is a really uh, a test that you can take and it can um, the results come back pretty quickly or it's, it's literally like, five minutes i think the test takes um for it to sort of give you the reading so definitely something that you need to do if you are unsure if they're broken or not your amniotic fluid should be clear or pinkish and odorless it shouldn't be any sort of green or any other color and if that's the case then definitely you need to let your healthcare provider know it should also be odorless and um yeah so if uh you know that's one other way that you can differentiate um if you've sort of had a, a peas situation, <laughs> as I like to call it, a sneeze and pee, um, which you know is really really common at the later stage of pregnancy. Um, uh, I'm definitely not condoning that uh, stress urinary incontinence is something we should put up with in pregnancy. It's not, uh, but it does happen in about fifty percent of women uh, in their first pregnancy and eighty five percent. Uh, you know, the stats are much higher um, in second and beyond time pregnancies towards the latter part of pregnancy in particular when you do have that mechanical stress sort of bearing down the pelvic floor. So um, if that's happening to you, you definitely want to go and see uh, a women's health physio. Not what we're talking about today, but um, it can sometimes be confused with your waters breaking towards the end. So uh, you can do that AMEO sure test and um, check for some of the other signs that we spoke about. Another sign of early labour could be the urge to vomit. It's really quite common to vomit during labour either in first or uh, for some women, unfortunately, during that sort of second stage. <laughs> oh, goodness me. So waters breaking may or may not happen. Vomiting or feeling quite nauseous is common. Uh, there's uh, loose bowel motions, lower back pain, period-like pain that comes and goes. And the loss of the mucus plug or a a blood sort of stained discharge uh, is sort of all signs that, you know, labour is imminent. And when you have sort of a number of these happening at the same time, then, you know, quite uh, it's much more likely that sort of early labour is beginning. In early labour your body is preparing for birth and there's a lot that you can do to sort of help, I guess, uh, help things along naturally and staying home for as long as you can is a really big one having regular snacks so that you're keeping your energy reserves keeping your fluids up resting as much as possible and if it's nighttime, trying to sleep or just relax listen to your meditations watch a netflix episode whatever it is that's going to keep you in that relax and digest mode maybe it's taking a relaxing bath or a shower creating really nice relaxing ambience so if it's night time, low light, candles, essential oils to diffuse, practicing your deep regula- uh, practicing uh, deep relaxation regularly in your pregnancy is also really key so that you can easily slip into this relaxation mode when the day comes. Uh, it's the best thing that you can do for you and your baby is to really practice the art of being able to stay deeply relaxed and unbothered as the sensations in your body start to increase. In early labour, you can definitely go to the toilet quite regularly and try to empty your bowels. Um, As I said, I tend to do the suppository trick. I don't know if that's something that is actually recommended um, and you should definitely speak to your healthcare provider before doing that, so that's a little caveat. Uh, I love, yeah, to listen to my hypnobirthing tracks. This time around, most recently when I gave birth to Pia, Just over a month ago I had Adele going and I was listening to my favourite music and dancing around and just creating this really, I guess, oxytocin-rich and uh, deeply relaxing um, and joyful environment in which to labour. You know, labour is a normal physiological event and our bodies know what to do and it's something that I reiterate over and over again and really is our main job to just let our bodies do the task at hand. And take the intellectual thinking part out of it. You know, in hypnobirthing they tell a story where the mother retreats into a quiet room, she lays down quietly and just goes to sleep, making little noise or show, showing little signs of distress, and then she emerges with her babies and it's a litter. It's a litter. <laughs> it's a cat. So it just kind of really reiterated to me that, you know, in nature, Animals just go away and they just do their thing. They don't make a fuss about birth. They just let their bodies do it and they, you know, by and large emerge with their healthy babies and just go about their business. (laughs) So they aren't in fear mode and they aren't intellectualising the process and, you know, sometimes there's need for us in, in the sort of modern world to have medical intervention and it saves lives but for the most part birth can just be a process that we let happen. And I encourage you, if you're in early pregnancy, to really do your homework about the sort of mindset side and the, um, the psychological side of birth. And um, I'll list my favourite resources later on down the track. But um, there's a really great documentary that's just come out called Birth Time, and it really talks uh, about the you know the evidence for a midwifery-led care approach to birth with obstetric backup. And obviously obstetric care is amazing and required in, um, in some cases but, you know, the best outcomes for women and how they feel about their birth tend to come when they are, you know, part of a midwife-led program. Other things in uh, early labour is to, you know, try to move around, to go about your, you know, day-to-day if it's daytime or to, you know, move around in, um, you know, walking is really, really good Uh, squatting like a low squat position, uh, crawling around on all fours or just rocking back on all all fours, Um, being sort of upright but sort of forward-leaning, supported over the back of the couch, your table or your partner are all really good positions uh, for active labour. You might sort of sit on a ball and sort of tilt the pelvis uh, forwards and backwards backwards. You know, and we talk about in this part of labor wanting to open the pelvic inlets. That's the top of the pelvis. And uh, positions uh, such as like a deep squat, like a malasana, a yogic malasana, tend to be uh, better for this or being in a, uh, you know, kneeling. Position like a sort of child's posey type position with the feet together, knees wide and maybe some rocking backwards and forwards, Um, all really great ways to sort of open the pelvic inlet, the top of the pelvis where the baby will be descending through first. And then as we get into second stage of labour, we want to be doing the opposite, more high squats, more getting that anterior uh, tilt of the pelvis to open up the uh, pelvic outlet and separate that space between the sitting bones and uh yeah you know so for so those more higher positions the um all force positions with your uh you know, knees wide but then your feet and sort of shins wider so you are in an external rotation position uh is really really helpful to sort of open their pelvic outlet and allow more space for your baby other things that can stimulate baby along is anything that assists with the production of oxytocin so you know, it's normally suggested to try nipple stimulation. Really, really light touch um, is recommended in hypnobirthing, and I absolutely love that. It might just be gentle, sort of running like the absolutely the lightest touch that you can down the sort of back or over, uh, you know, your lower back is really really nice. Maybe sort of down the arms, and that is a really nice way to sort of help promote oxytocin, and oxytocin is a powerful. Um, hormone of labour that helps create a positive feed-forward loop and get things going. And it's also a really great way to relieve pain because the body can't uh, process too much information at once and our sensory and our pain fibres can't sort of, uh, we can only carry information from one or the other at the same time. So it's similar to when you uh, bump your elbow or your funny bone, and then you rub it because that's naturally what you do to sort of help relieve the pain. Very, very similar thing. You're confusing the brain and only can receive one message at a time. So very light touch is really, really great. Yeah, last but not least, uh, foreplay or even sex is a really great way to get um, labour going as well. So next on the list is when to go to hospital. So, you know, most of the time your hospital will uh, tell you sort of when you've got regular contractions or surges that are five minutes apart, uh, then that's a really great time to go into hospital. Uh, if you're not sure or worried, you need to call and have a chat to your healthcare provider, chat to the midwives. Sometimes just taking, talking through the process of your symptoms is enough to help you relax and sort of figure out if it's time or not. Uh, you know, you will often be versed to go to hospital, yeah, as I said, when the surges are five minutes apart and regular. So how do you tell the difference between real labour and Braxton Hicks? I I have never been confused about whether or not I'm in labour before until my fourth baby and, you know, I feel like um, Braxton Hicks are obviously really, really common, especially sort of early or mid sort of second trimester and beyond. Um, But, uh, you know, towards the end you can start to get more tightenings, more sort of just general sensation and it can be a little bit like, oh, is this it or not? I certainly had two false starts before the big day with Pia. It was really quite surprising because I'd always been like, yep, no, I'm definitely in labour. You know, things just sort of happen and get going pretty quickly for me generally. But with Pia I had a couple of false starts where I had, you know, probably what was called an irritable uterus where, you know, it seems like something's happening and you get these sort of regular sensations but then they just sort of fizzle out and that can be quite common in third and sort of, you know, more higher order number of births, um, your, your uterus can be a little bit more irritable towards the end, and you can have these false starts, which you know um, <laughs> was a bit strange for me because i was always like, "Nah, labor's on, that's it, we're going quick." <laughs> um, and I'd really just started to doubt myself. But you know what? Uh, when I finally did go into labor the third time, I was packed up the kids and sent them off to grandmas for my fourth uh, labor. Uh, I really knew that it was it because I did have a combination of those symptoms. I had the loose bowels, I had the loss of the mucus plug, I had regular cramps of increasing intensity and getting closer together. And so if you've got, you know, a couple of these things happening and, and, you know, it's more likely that something is going on or not, but always chat to your healthcare provider if you're unsure and they can help talk you through it. You know, getting out a timer is a really great way, especially so you can sort of really... Uh, Assess uh, how regular and how long the surges are uh, occurring or the contractions are occurring. So, you know, are they lasting that sort of 45 to 70 seconds? Are they slowly building intensity? And are they starting to become more regular and getting closer together? You know, that's a really good sign that labor is really getting going. So, with Braxton Hicks, they usually don't have these other array of symptoms that we've talked about, they're irregular in occurrence and the intensity and they might go away if you change position or activity so you know if you're in true labor uh, no position that you take or walking getting up and down moving around isn't going to take away that sort of progression um, of symptoms so that's another sort of really key point as well. Uh, My favorite timer is on an app that you can buy on the app store it's about $3.50 it's a bub app and it's actually a pregnancy companion it's really uh, great all-rounder actually it has um, fertility support pregnancy and sort of birth and labor information and there's a heap of different health professionals that are on and part of the group on that app i am one of the um professionals on there sort of in the physio space and i've used the the timing app for the last two pregnancies um or uh, labors rather and found it really really helpful so uh, get your timer out but then when you sort of really um you know, things are underway, I'd put the timer away. It's not really relevant once things have really got going, but it can be really helpful just to help you understand, you know, is it progressing? Is are things getting more intense and closer together. So if you're not in labor or the labor is not established, depending on your situation, it's generally better to stay at home. And research has shown that women labor much better if they stay home in the early stages. And if you're going too soon, uh, before your labour is sort of really in full swing it can slow your labour progress down and often associate hospitals with being unwell or something being wrong and so our bodies know this and our minds know this on a subconscious level and so they often shut labour down as the sympathetic nervous system kicks into gear so you know uh, make sure you don't go in too early unless you have a medical reason to do so. So my Top resources to help you sort of, you know, really educate yourself around um, labor. Birth, etc. You know, along with this podcast, <laughs> we've got a free active birth class that I know about through the beautiful physio Laura, who has her own podcast now as well. But she's also on our episode ten, I believe. And there's a link to her free active birth class. Listening to our episode on tens for labour—that's in early on in our first season, in the first sort of ten episodes. I think it might even be episode eleven. Listening to our episode on hypnobirthing, episode five in season one. Uh, there's some really great books, uh, Juju Sundin's birth book. I've got Ray Dempsey's birth skills. And having a look at different, uh, you know, options that help you stay calm and relaxed in birth. Calm birth is a great one. Uh, hypnobirthing is another great one. I'm a huge, huge fan of that. Uh, listening to the Australian Birth Stories podcast and you can sort of filter what type of birth experiences you want to listen to, whether it's hypnobirthing, whether it's C-section, whether it's vaginal deliveries, you can sort of uh, filter and sort of listen to what you choose to. And our six weeks to an empowered birth course on Lenny Rose's wellness platform, RoseFit, is a really great way to educate yourself on birth as well. There's six weekly yoga classes and we do some education in there, give you lots of tools and tricks in positioning, breathing, uh, yoga, pelvic floor strengthening and relaxation, and, you know, sort of getting the right support team around you and sort of really educating you on how to do that and to involve your partner. So you can use the code MAMA matters" for 50% off our six-week course. It's normally $69 for six weeks and, uh, yeah, grab 50% off, so less than uh, $35 for six weeks to empower birth course. So that's it for uh, early labour, first stage of labour. And uh, I'll be starting up episode 61 uh, next week and we'll be talking more about second and third stages of labour, what to expect and sort of things that you can do to prepare and to, you know, make sure that your experience is as most positive as possible. As always, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, please give us a huge shout-out on social, screenshot the episode that you're listening to. You can listen to little snippets over on our Instagram TV if you want to get a little taster um, to sort of understand what the episode's about. And make sure you subscribe and share it with your mum and mates and, yeah, we can uh, really be of the most service to women the more that we can get this out there. So thanks so much for listening, ladies, and we'll chat to you next week. Bye for now. This episode is brought to you by Lenny Rose Active, Australian-owned, three-times-mum and physiotherapist-designed luxe active and technical wear for the pregnancy to motherhood journey. You can find us on lennyroseactive.com.au or on Instagram at lennyroseactive.